Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Hello, Chicago! Oh my God! What a pleasure to be here in the windy city. Not just not just the windy windy city. Uh, can I go on the record saying that truly, Chicago, the greatest city on on God's green earth. All other cities, they they pale in comparison to this. Not just the windy city, but also in many ways, a city of gardens and a okay. city of water, a city of houses and a city of streets. We've been here for less than sixteen hours, and I will say this. <laughs> I would love to start a family and build a home in Chicago, Illinois. New York City, I spit on the grave of New York City. Portland, Oregon is a fucking wasteland. And Los Angeles is rightfully about to run out of living resources for the residents in the state of California. But Chicago, Illinois, yes, it is at the mercy of the whims of global warming. But otherwise... An immensely livable town. Thank you so much for having us. Please give it up for our host, Sleeping Village. Great venue. Beautiful venue. Everyone here is fantastic. Uh, and it's just occurred to me, and I'm fucking devastated to report that I we usually have another co-host joining us on these shows. <laughs> we have a third co-host, and that's The Knife. Yeah. And I am fucking devastated to say that I didn't bring it. It's what I would be saying if I didn't, but I did, guy. I remember the knife. You didn't see that coming, did you? Uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> uh, no. I, it, I really, I worked so hard to do this behind your back while we were at the uh, accommodation. You didn't see me do this, eh? No, I no. had it in a little bag when you weren't looking. I was. Sneaking, I'm not keeping eyes bag. on you constantly, Tim. You can do all Third sorts co-host. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a kni- Yeah, it's cool, man. Don't gesture towards me or the audience with the knife. <laughs> as a general rule of thumb, uh, I tell you what, I didn't. I, it was no question in my mind whether or not you'd bring the knife. I was like, <laughs> Tim's, Tim's going to bring the knife. He, he used it in New York last night. The guy loves knives, but. <laughs> What you did do uh, is you sold that, that, that dummy. You sold the, you forgot the knife really convincingly. Thank and I was you. like, oh, I you actually, fell for it? Well, yeah, I fell for it. And to the point where I hate that you always have one, but I felt badly for you. I was like, <laughs> oh, hope this doesn't throw Tim off his unflappable rhythm. No. A knifeless Tim is a vulnerable Tim. And I, uh, I say that mentally and physically. I'm going to have the knife nice and visible just to bring me comfort. What do you see? How does this feel? I'll admit, not great. Yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't been on the receiving end of our third co-host before. 
Uh, I'll think twice about that in the future. No, so we, we arrived uh, at, uh, I don't even know, 11.20 a.m. this morning. Chicago are here. One of my favourite airports, actually. Incredible amenities. <laughs> Truly. You got also I the, paid, the airport we left was shit. Yeah, I paid six twenty for an everything bagel with cream cheese at LaGuardia. I was fucking rope. You can imagine me. I was furious. <laughs> and then we're swanning through on our way to baggage claim. You know all these different uh, vendors selling delicious foods, but we we swan straight through. We, we, knew, we knew what we were doing. You've never seen a shop before. <laughs> It's fantastic commerce and trade of food for the exchange of currency. It was truly amazing. Yeah, it's a city that I didn't mention this before, but it's also a city of the future. <laughs> what I found is if I approached some of these vendors, I could exchange money or goods for what they. I mean, anyway, yeah, look, for I a bartering system. I don't know about you guys, but I'm. I, I want to get right into our watch today because it was fucking harrowing. <laughs> it was so bad. What I have is admiration and love in my heart for my co-host Guy Montgomery who insisted that we really treat this one very seriously and with dignity and respect because the watch that we did um, before the New York City live show was um, a little distracted, if we're being honest, with ourselves, which we need to be. Absolutely. But today... Ooh, it was just us and the gals, and it was a bad, yeah. grisly scene. We're staying in a horrible. A, we're staying in a hostel, uh, top and bottom bunk. Tim got top, and uh, we put it on, and we both we sat in our respective bu- bunks, and we had phones next to the screen, and we just let. You, you took my cell phone off me, which I thought was great. I felt like a teacher. I was. I was grateful for it in a way. It's like, th- thank you, a little bit of enforced discipline. I needed this. Yeah, you know? and so we had them there, and we, we really gave it a go in letting this thing take hold. And it mm. was the amount of violence Tim threatened on himself over the two and a half, two and a half, a long two and a half hours, too. They say You type- threaten violence upon me as well, though. You keep saying, I just want to smack you in the head. no. I didn't say that. I said I want us both to punch each other in the head at exactly the same time. Yeah. And that's very different from just threatening violence upon you. Yeah. You told me at different times that you want me to smash my hand into the mirror, take a shard of glass and cut you open. I didn't think that would be shared, but yes, I did say that. You, without prompt or my knowledge, put your belt around your neck that and the other end around a handle of the bunk yeah. and started saying, you should see what I'm up to. That was so... What was weird about that was because I did, like, it was... I was just very absentmindedly because I didn't have my phone or any other objects around me. I was like, well, what have I got to kind of fiddle with while I watch this movie that I've seen six billion times now? And so I was like, oh, I've got a belt. So I just, without even thinking, took my belt off. This is why they take belts off people in prison. (laughs) Yeah, I totally understand it now. And just wrapped it around my neck and then tightened it around one of the steel trellis bits of the bunk and just started tightening it. And then kind of caught myself doing it. Like I hadn't had a thought about it. And then I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I was like, hey, guy, what am I doing? (laughs) And at first I ignored him. I was watching the movie. But then five minutes later he said, guy, you should really see what I'm doing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. There was one other. With a pen. 
Yeah, you said you wanted to jab a pen up your nose. No, it was through my ear to see if it gets to my brain. But like, we don't like, need to go through all of it. There but. were a variety of ways, quite creative ways, that mm. you described wanting to harm yourself, which I think was representative of the, the mental state that we had while watching the... F- yeah. It was... It was focused. As the weather cleared on, another, on yet another one of, you know, so far this year, I would say roughly 150 perfect Chicago days. <laughs> a city famous for its climate consistency. Yeah. As, as the, the rain clouds cleared and the, the blue sky shone through, we were trapped inside of this, uh, this physical and, and emotional prison, only freed by a constant drip that was coming through. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> obviously, the podcast going well because we're sharing uh, bunk beds in a hostel. And uh, there's unrelenting drip of not clear water, but very thick and viscous yellow water. Yeah. At first, I thought it was honey. But then it dropped like water because it was so thin. It was the color of honey. And then I, it, it, so I saw the drip and I was like, hey, guy, what's going on there? And you're like, oh, we should change rooms. I was like, it's, it's a drip. And then yeah. I was like, wait, good water very, isn't colored uh, like that. It was a very Antipodean response because we went and told the, the, the te- what do you call them? The teller? The vendor? <laughs> Whoever's at the front? Front of house person. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we said to the front of house vendor, we said, uh, Now listen here, <laughs> vendor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now pray tell what exactly is going on with your ceiling. And uh, I hasten to add, this is two, literally two star accommodation, but rated 4.4 stars yeah. for being two star accommodation. Well, so you can't set your expectations well, too high. Yeah. What we're saving on money, we're losing in quality. And. <laughs> The, the, Funny that. Yeah, the guy came through and we were so apologetic. We were like, oh, I, I don't know what we've done by being in here, but it appears we've created a drip in the roof. <laughs> Falling over ourselves to take responsibility for the faulty fucking accommodation that we're paying them to stay in. And the guy said, hey, well, I got good news for you. We're changing rooms. No one's going to have to be on the top or bottom bunk now. You both get bottom bunks. Can you imagine this? <laughs> Two boys... In a four-sleeper berth room at the very same hostel. One floor up, presumably the room from which the drip originates. It's so funny because you hear so many stories about people getting upgraded in their hotels. <laughs> like the honeymoon suite or the penthouse or a king room. But our situation was we got upgraded to a room that had another set of bunks. <laughs> We're like, Yes! Beat yeah. the system. Uh, but so that, that, that's where we were watching it. And mm. there was, I would say, also that, that came with about 40 minutes left in the movie. So there was a... Um, they did somewhat set us free from the oh prison God, that we, we were. Oh, we were so grateful for but something I else intruding. If we want to get into the particulars of the movie, I did I did have a sh- uh, pretty... I'd like to get into a shining light, if I may. Guys produced yeah. a notebook. And uh, it's a, I, I'm actually fearful I've articulated this before, but it made me feel very serene at a time when I was feeling quite restless and negative. Uh, when Charlotte calls up after screaming... For uh, you know, it's the first line of dialogue at every turn. I don't know how it's written in the script, but I imagine it says Charlotte screams apropos of nothing, and then whatever the line of fucking dialogue is. I got nothing but love and respect for Kristen Davis and the choices she makes as an actor, but that character is a fucking disaster. And she screams and she calls up Carrie and says, "Ah, your wedding's on page six And there's a back and forth, a tete-a-tete between Carrie and Big, where she relays ferries the information over to Big. And and the who would put that on there? Yeah, that's what Big, that's says. What Big says. He's I yeah. Love it. 
Do you know, shining light I like feel, two episodes ago. I feel like that's kind of coy of Big because I think he knows that they're of public interest. Of he does. But he pl- it's faux humility, yeah. isn't it? Or do you think he's genuinely humble? No, it's faux. It's put on. That's what makes but him he so doesn't good. appear to be bothered by the trimmings and trappings of modern day life. He doesn't want any of the the nor- He doesn't want you know. Like I think there's probably he's a simple man. They don't exemplified by the fact that you give him a book. Yeah, he's not reading it. Yeah. <laughs> you give him, a, yeah, you give him a book. Give a man a book, he'll read the book. Give Boog a book. He will, I don't know, have a doorstop, depending on yeah. the size of it. I don't know. Start a fire? <laughs> yeah, give, give Big a book. Yeah, you've wasted a book. Uh, but, so she's saying it's on page six, and he's standing there. He's got an empty coffee cup, as he always does. Uh, and he's moving it around, this weightless coffee cup, you know, as so many actors in movies love to do. They say, the director says, you know I could put fluid in there? And they say, no, no. <laughs> I studied mime. I think I can carry an empty cup as though there's fluid. And so he's sort of if holding his coffee cup like this. I don't care if you studied under Marcel Marceau himself. Put some fucking liquid in there. Physics is real and it shows up in screen. Yeah. Do yourself a favour. Oh, Just yes. make it water. We're not going to know the difference if it's coffee or water. I hope, yeah, I hope the system is sitting up and paying attention because... Uh, <laughs> We're speaking truth the to si- power. Yeah, the system just got licked. Uh, <laughs> but so the, in the background of frame, there's this beautiful painting or possibly a printed canvas from Target. And <laughs> it is, uh, it's an ocean of this like quite beautiful sort of between azure and navy blue. And there's a figure in a, in a rowboat. What we're you got to laugh would, for azure. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. As you are. And... Uh, <laughs> Is it there in a what we call a dinghy? But there's just it's a very tranquil piece of imagery. Is so dinghy? It's a, do you do America, Americans know what a dinghy? Yeah, cool. Sorry, just checking. Uh, so yeah, and it, they're, they're, it, it, the image is a bird's eye view of someone sur- in calm waters in a boat, just miles away from all of their problems. Uh, a failed political leader in New Zealand called David Cunliffe said, "There's not a lot of problems a man can't solve when he's out on the water," and. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 uh, paraf- I'm paraphrasing here. I don't think it was about problem solving for him. I think it was about getting away. How, but, uh, why have you? How this is this is off brand. What is off brand? You he was leader of the opposition for six days. Yeah. Why does this whole? Why did you hold on to that quote from of, David A lot Kenler? of high quality sound bites in those six days. So he was robbed. Jacinda Ardern shivved that man. He should be our leader. Anyway, that's all by the by. I like that we've come all the way to Chicago yeah. to discuss this to intimate New Zealand yeah. political uh, issue. But no, so beautiful, tranquil imagery. Someone in a boat. They're away from land. They're away from screens. They're away from the problems of their life. And I looked at that and I fantasized about it. And I could appreciate it both as a piece of art in an apartment that the characters live in mm-hmm. and as a place that I personally, emotionally, and physically would have liked to be at the time. And that was my shining light. <laughs> and can know- I say this? It's great to be in Chicago, the world's greatest city. Funny you mentioned that because that what you've just described reminds me so much of a scene in Ferris Bueller, a movie set in this very town we're in, starring friend of the podcast Matthew Broderick. And let me stop you there. <laughs> okay. There's a sequence where they go to, is it the Museum of Modern Art? Where Does they anyone are? here work for a rental car company? So, hold, Art Institute of Chicago. And they're looking at it, is it a Monet? I'm not sure who. Sarah? George Sarah, thank, 
we got some cultured yeah. fucking Chicagoans in. And so Cameron's looking at the painting. It's a famous painting, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got... this. It's not Sunday in the Park, is it? Is that, yeah, it's Sunday in the Park. Uh, okay. All right, cheers. And Were you a, applauding your own knowledge? <laughs> there's um, a, a woman with a baby and Cameron... It goes like between him and the baby, and it like just does the zoom in. That's what I feel like you were doing. Like it was, yeah, you were getting fucking in there with the boat. That's what it felt like. It's funny. It's, it's so funny. You should bring up Matthew Broderick and then immediately slap a goddamn muzzle on me because I got some pretty interesting trivia about that gentleman. <laughs> I don't know if anyone here works for a rental car company, but if you see this nah, strapping man. young lad, nah, Matthew man. Broderick, approach the bench. Nah, dude. <laughs> do not rent that man a car. Monty, we don't talk about it. We don't. All right? We don't. Um, I mean, what I was doing a little bit was filling in time. Oh, my gosh. It's Matthew Broderick. No, oh. Nah, dude. Nah. We don't do that here. I had like three shining lights. I can't remember a goddamn single one. You took three shining lights out of that? Jesus. Mm. I wrote some stuff down, but it was mainly <laughs> pictures. <laughs> I, um, we went full... Like we went insane this watch. Do you know it was interesting because we were on these separate bunks, so in a sense we were watching. We were in a cosmic sense we were watching together, but physically we were watching apart, yeah. and that meant that we both unraveled. Sort of, there was a <laughs> synchronicity to the mental deterioration, but also we took it, it. It took its own forms. I would stand up and look in the mirror and make I make angry faces at myself. And go, it was. <laughs> It was terrifying. You can't say it. No, you, well, you did it to the mirror, but then you directed that face at me. <laughs> and I put on a brave face, but it was scary, yeah. man. I didn't so, like well, yeah, What were you doing in the meantime? I, was draw- I, I went Blue's Clues on it, and I have just drawn a bunch of pictures. And one of them is a syringe with a drip coming out for the what Botox. What does that represent? Botox. Botox reference. Yeah. Samantha says, honey, you got Botox. I didn't get Botox. Yeah. It's when she says, honey, you finally it. got Botox. Yeah. I didn't Little get Botox. Samantha oh, you're going to love it, she yeah. says. But it's, she didn't get Botox. Well, she did, but not, you know, she doesn't acknowledge it. She's engaged to be married. Has this GP had Botox? Almost Definitely. I've got... What is the... Oh, it's a ring. I think it's about time that we used our platform to speculate on the, on, on the way that these women look. Don't you? <laughs> Moving on. I've got a... Um, drawn, drawn a picture of the wedding ring, which is just a circle inside another circle. It looks a lot like a... Yeah. Well, it's the order in which the images were drawn. The syringe came after the wedding ring. In order, you drew a wedding ring, and then you drew what is directly beneath the wedding ring. What's that? It's a penis. Yeah. <laughs> and when those two images were on the page alone, it resembled a wedding, uh, a, a sphincter, sorry. And, it uh, does. Yeah. Yeah, it does look like that. But then and you, then I drew a wedding dress. Can I show you just anyone? I, I want to show you uh, Sam here. Sam, by the way, everyone, can you imagine this? Traveled nine hours on a bus from Minneapolis. with. Not, a, not alone. Don't think of him as a hero. Thank you. I'm sorry, I forgot your name. That's Tasha. Ta- uh, Tasha also traveled nine hours from Minneapolis. Can you please describe what Tim thinks is a wedding? Fucking A. On the same bus? No. Uh, what is it? Half of Minneapolis is in Chicago. <laughs> Seize the tower now. Can you please describe what Tim thinks is a wedding dress? 
It's uh, yeah. it's, it's that one there. Yeah, it looks like Tingle's outfit from, from Tingle. Link. Yeah, yeah, from like Young Link. Uh, he's like a character from Zelda. Yes. I. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Tingle's outfit. From I, Zelda. I'm, I'm, I've, I've handed it to someone who has more pop culture references than I do. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's get Tasha's side. It looks like a scary mushroom. <laughs> All of this to say that Tim's ability to render a wedding dress in two dimensions is uh, lacking somewhat. Never claimed to be a visual artist. And then what was the other picture you drew? The wardrobe. Fair. I'm throwing uh, the pictures on the ground. Did I even take notes and like words? No, form? You, but you keep saying you keep saying another clue. You keep saying whenever they'd say a prompt, you'd say another clue. <laughs> And then frantically draw down some of the worst imagery I've seen. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'll share this. This is a note I wrote yesterday, but I don't think I actually brought it up on the podcast episode. How dumb is Carrie for not knowing? And I am skipping ahead, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie. Wait, 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 wait. We don't want to spoil this for some of these six, some of the Sex in the City fans who have stumbled along to the only committed Sex in the City podcast recording in Chicago tonight. When Harry reveals to Carrie that Big has been writing her and she's taken aback, she's like, he's never written to me. That's not true. He doesn't write to me. It's not a thing. She already fucking knows that he does because Louise gets that first email from him and she instructs her to put the email somewhere she'll never find it. She's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. You got to remember, Louise is a construction of Carrie's own imagination. So I, there's several true. layers of that's true. Uh, like mental <laughs> barriers that she's put between herself and the fact that Mister Big still pines after her. It's like Carrie's done to herself what Professor Xavier has done to Jean Grey. If you're an X Men fan, you and Sam should get together and talk about all the things we're, I don't understand. We're doing a spin-off podcast. <laughs> What's it called? It's an okay idea of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Two white guys host a pop culture podcast. Brand new format. Uh, I don't know if the medium's ready. <laughs> the amount of press coverage you boys are going to command is too much. Uh, it's too high. So that, that's your shining light? That Carrie is Please? stupid? Would you allow it? You told me that you had three shining lights, then you detailed a bunch of illustrations <laughs> and had a quibble with Carrie's intelligence. I keep saying them out loud to you. Well, I said two of them out loud to you, and I hope that you, were, you would hold on to one of my shining lights. I was on my own journey, man. I know. <laughs> I will have a shining light by the time we finish, but right. it's a mental time. I, well, actually, I took some, before we get into the, the very generously submitted questions, I, I took some other notes. Um, I love... Oh, you could have this as... Hey, this is a bit condescending. Hey, why don't you have this as your shining light? This is a Go bit on. of fun. I'll fucking take it at this We've point. We've never spoken about it, but it is one of the most alpha... We've never spoken about something? I think we've never spoken about this. It's one of the most alpha and American moves, I think, 
in the movie and it speaks to the confidence of these characters that uh, at the, the when they go out for dinner at the Mexican resort it's the first time Carrie's sort of eaten out of the uh, away from the honeymoon suite uh, the waiter comes over and Samantha says we'll start with cuatro margaritas <laughs> It is just the most beautifully distilled amount of like information and ignorance. Yeah. So excited to put the word quattro out there, dressed up by nothing but the English language. Yeah. <laughs> it is... Hey, to be fair, margaritas is Spanish. No, not the way she says it. <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. It's so, it is honestly, I can't believe we haven't like fucking. You know, rolled our sleeves up and partied in this it area is, before. When you go overseas to a language that speaks another language and you know a couple of words and you're juiced, you do dumb shit like that. No, though. but you try. I feel like if you if you are, you I keep referring to the boot of the car as the trunk while I'm over here in America. Yeah, I feel pro, like it's yeah, the same thing. With I'm pride. calling Jandals flip flops. I said I said to one I said to a Lyft driver I said we're going to need to open up the boot and Tim sort of took me aside and said no 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 guy. <laughs> Where do you think we are? <laughs> yeah. Here they call it a trunk. And then he winked at the, the cabbie. <laughs> and the cabbie winked back. <laughs> and they exchanged knife information. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I just think, I can't believe we haven't uh, really addressed that before because it is like, it is, it's, a, it's a moment of uh, sil- pure silliness. Yeah, it's kind of the distillation of um, a stereotypical American trait we would mock internationally. Yeah. So I want you fuckers to know this is what we're saying behind your back. <laughs> no, but we, we do, we love and respect you, but uh, here's... We have to. They've his, got military bases yeah, yeah. all over the world. <laughs> That's the kind of love and respect money can buy. Yeah. Here's I some a impu- mother of all bombs turning up in the South Pacific. We wouldn't stand a bloody chance. We're tiny. Yeah. We've got a couple of drones, though, from DJI, so we take some really good video footage of it, but that's about it. That's our Air Force. But you, some uh, good drones. There's nothing you can't do with a couple of good drones, except <laughs> defend the country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's one big one, but otherwise they're pretty good. Mm. Uh, but no, uh, you, yeah, Americans, here's some info. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, did anybody order some tea? <laughs> oh, uh, God. No, you guys are very, uh, the, the way you talk, it's very confident. You all sound very confident, even if you don't know. And it's really intimidating. Says the fucking dude with the podcast where he watches the same movie all the time. Tours it internationally. Yeah, yeah. That's confidence. No, that, that's luck. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the opposite of luck. Mm, uh, yeah. And the other one is that when, when I hear, when I or we, I speak for uh, multi, multi, uh, other people, uh, <laughs> when I hear your accents, I assume that you are performing and all of your conversations with one another ring insincere to me. Yeah. And I think a lot of them could use a judicious edit because I'm like, this wouldn't make it to TV. <laughs> I am aware you're going about your lives, but that is what it's like. It is confusing. It's a strange quirk of... You guys are the victim of your own success. Yeah. Of the amount of uh, uh, cultural exporting you do. You're so good at film and television. Yeah. We're like, why would we put the garbage we make on tally on prime time? The Americans are selling us stuff for cheap. Yeah. We'll put that on the air. So all the kids grow up. There's a weird... I, we have definitely talked about this before. There's a weird thing that happens in New Zealand that happens in other countries where... If you're like 
doing any character that isn't yourself when you're little, you put on an American accent. But even if they're not American, it's the strangest shit. Yeah. I've always thought if I hear an American accent, I assume they're meant to entertain me. And if I hear a British accent, I think they're in charge. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I hear a British person, I'm like, oh, it's going to be okay. Someone's in charge. <laughs> but, uh, Imagine what the Germans would have felt like in World War II. Yeah, if oh. I hear a German ex- accent, I'm usually like, oh, now this is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've solicited for some questions from our lovely audience, so I feel like right. we've been giving a really hard time so yeah. far. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so we're cho- sleep deprived. We're cranky, chosen, boys. Chosen at random. I feel great. Uh, speak for yourself, Tim. What will you do to celebrate when you're done? Love from Brian from Toronto. Well, we today we spoke about going to uh, the cinema to watch Toy Story Four together. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, no, yeah, and it's, t- it's touching too. Apparently, uh, I I would love I would genuinely I would love to do that because what have you got? We've got a day off together. We're going to have a barbecue and then we might we might go to the cinema before. That'd be really nice. Yeah. And then what are you like? What are you going to do with all of the time that's suddenly available to you? We're not going to talk anymore. You know that, right? Uh, I don't have a lot on to be honest. <laughs> oh, no, that's where this season was born from. That same place. Next question. Uh, what movies are off limits to being watched past a miserable death? Okay, have I misread this? What movies, what movies are off limits to being watched past, past, past the, the miserable death? The death of the movie is the, the reference to the question. Okay. Also, one day, you should watch them drink for drink, coffee for coffee as you watch and see what happens. I'll match them, drink for drink. That, uh, that's a popular thing to do with the movie The Big Lebowski. Because he famously, the, the, the dude, what he likes to do is he, he'll have a drink and he'll also smoke. And you're meant to, so he'll you're smoke white weed. And, and, say, oh, and a, a joint. Yeah, and, and so you're meant to see if you can get through the whole movie. If you, um, fuck, how would that guy for Sex in the City one? Okay, first part of the question, movies off limits to being watched. But yeah, well, I mean, this isn't a good idea. The clue was in the name. Like... <laughs> I would, I would say that, uh, you know, with the right attitude, you can debase any piece of cinema. You yeah. just need to, like, constantly watch. I, I, don't, I don't want to think put rules any, on anything, yeah, you know? I don't think any movie would withhold the amount of scrutiny under which we've put the four movies that we have done this totally. to. And, you know, that, it's, it's, artistic merit is irrelevant to, to the experiment because it's just like if, as soon as you remove value and meaning from something like that, it just... It ceases to exist as it was intended. We are not watching Sex in the City the way it was dreamed up in a cabin in the woods by Mattress Pikeford. <laughs> this is not what he had in mind. All of that to say, there are no limits. And if we were to drink uh, one for one, I mean... I think we'd be okay. I think we'd be all right, to be honest. Probably it wouldn't be a mile away from sometimes what we do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I almost passed out in a fucking bathtub recently watching it in VR, so we do, we do push the boat out. I will say this, Tim was actually having PTSD about his uh, full immersion experience today. We were watching the movie and he kept saying, without prompt, he's going, that was actually really bad, guy. He said, full immersion was bad. Was. It was scary is what it was. I was, I was scared I was going to pass out and either drown or electrocute myself. Uh, 
When watching other movies, do you ever get confused and think you're watching Sex in the City? <laughs> or any other movie you've done for the show? It's a, a two-parter, so there's the first one. Confusion? Um, yeah. You do? You tune out, someone delivers a line, which is very normal. Like a, a waitress goes up to someone and says, can I help you? And you're like, Wah! Yeah, yeah. Charlotte's about to go into labour. Big, bring your car around. I always draw. I always draw lines between, like, if I hear a word or a turn of phrase that prompts a memory of something else, mm. which I actually do beyond movies. It stays with you in, in real life. I'm constantly looking out for uh, an opportunity to say uh, say it's true, even if it isn't. From the halcyon days of grown ups too. Yeah. And actually, quite recently, when we were in uh, New York City, uh, Tim and I, we ate uh, some uh, magic mushrooms and traipsed across the Williamsburg Bridge. And when we got to the other side, I remember I turned to you and I said, does Miranda, when, when they go to Abu Dhabi, does Miranda say Abu Dhabi do? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. You did say that. Like, you couldn't believe. Yeah, and Tim said yes. And I said, Nice. <laughs> And, I, and then after this, I remember I said it's important because that functions as a joke for the character and a joke outside of the movie. And I don't know why, but that gave me a great sense of peace. So if the question was, uh, will the ill effects of what you've done stay with you for time immemorial? Uh, the answer is yes. The second part of the question is, do you ever dream about sex in the city? I don't think I have. My dreams are very strange and esoteric, though. They don't reference anything that exists. Yeah. They're I, real weird. I, uh, it's probably on account of the mushrooms, uh, if I'm being honest. Uh, uh, full, uh, I don't dream of sex in the city, but, like, so today, for example, there was a point at which uh, I was, for about, I would say, less than three minutes, like, just on the cusp of being unconscious, and Tim woke me up. Because your eyes were closed. Yeah. But I was I was listening along. But when I was, all I was thinking about was, uh, oh, it was, it was I, I asked you about it as soon as you you woke me up, which was like, do you think this is a moral question for you? So with regards to Steve cheating on Miranda, as he does in the film, uh, is there is there? <laughs> Wait, hold on, you're saying that like there's another way he did that outside of the film we watched. There's their lives go on when the movie isn't playing, Tim. <laughs> I love the guy as much as you do, but for all we know, he's a dirty dog. Yeah. Uh, but no, so when. Is there a moral distinction to be drawn between uh, having. So he cheats on Miranda and yes. then he tells her. And we are to believe from the way it's presented in the movie that the turnaround between cheating and confess, confessing is immediate. That he has sex with someone oh, else yeah. and then he turns to Miranda and says so. And as I was sort of, you know, flirting with sleep, I was asking. My, I, was, I was pondering over the question whether or not it is. Uh, more reprehensible to cheat on someone and then before telling them have sex with your 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 partner and so in that way like there's a, there's a, not just an emotional betrayal but there's an element of physical betra- physical yeah, betrayal. It was a really interesting angle. So just Do, to clean that up, if you didn't follow the ramblings of this madman, <laughs> you have a partner and you sleep with someone who isn't them, and then you sleep with your partner and then tell them. At that point. That you have slept with someone else I think it's way worse By factors Because there You're still like In a relationship And taking physical intimacy actions Without yeah. them 
having information they need to make that decision. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's and really, I never thought about it before. Yeah, because that's what that's what I was. I mean, uh, yeah. Obviously, I don't think it was about to be a great bit of kip for me. Uh, it's it's not a very sleep. healthy mental state to be going into it, pondering yeah. over that. But it's an interesting thing you do. But that, like, on, so it, I don't necessarily dream of sex in the city, but. Uh, so long as it is surrounding me in that state, you it, chew it, over it. Yeah, it, it, it colours my uh, subconscious thoughts. So, great question. <laughs> and actually, could I take a moment to say, great answer? Thanks, guy. <laughs> no, don't clap though. Uh, you you get one, Tim. All I want to do is talk about Brady. To be honest, go ahead. <laughs> I just feel like. Brady is such an incredible character who has received not enough love and attention from us in this season of the podcast. There's not enough Brady. There's not enough Brady, but that doesn't mean... Brady... In some ways it's more useful because there's enough... There's enough whiteboard that we can project onto him. No, but even then, like, Brady is but a, a structural and storytelling... Here's the issue. He's a he's a pawn in Mattress Pikelet King's sick game to mm-hmm. to tell a story and try and force empathy upon the audience to these unrelatable and abhorrent characters. Well, there's one interpretation. The other is that it's the greatest story ever told. Eventually, what we see are the seeds that that grow and flourish into you know the origin story of Brady the Rat King, but because. <laughs> The, I mean, first of all, the other characters in the movie do not pay enough respect or mind to the disintegration of Miranda and Steve's relationship breaking down yeah. and the fact that Brady is involved. And is that, that it, part of it? Yeah, it is. Fuel so on the fire. They, they don't, the, the other characters don't respect the fact that Miranda and Steve are going through this experience. And so if they're not going to respect the two most prominent figures in their day-to-day lives in this breakup, which are Miranda and Steve, I mean, we're not given enough information to really fuel our minds with regards to Brady. Like, he is an afterthought of an afterthought. The breakup of their relationship is an afterthought, and then within that, the idea of where, how Brady's doing is completely forgotten, which is exactly the supervillain origin story that we need and crave, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know, they always give you just enough to develop empathy for the person who becomes evil. You're like, oh, I can see how this happens because of that. I can see how Brady got this way. Today we did a fun role play where uh, Batman found Brady at his mum's apartment and was like, with your rats and my bats. We is a strong word. (laughs) Gotham could be ours. You started doing a Batman voice and throwing lines out. Do you ever get worried... That the information you have in your head as a result of the podcast is taking up room that maybe could be occupied by other... Th- I like to think it's exclusively pushing out the bank of 90s and early 2000s song lyrics that I simply cannot get rid of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a, that it's is what I'm hoping clearing. it's supplanting. Okay, all right. It's the stuff on the bottom shelf. It's not good knowledge. I mean, it's not really my... Although it probably is totally my choice. Do you remember I, how to do simultaneous equations? I don't even. I genuinely don't even understand the question. <laughs> Everyone in school's like, "Oh, you got to know math." Yeah. Literally, two people need to know math. The rest of us can take it off. Like, it's probably true. I reckon that's right. Question asker asks: Does Rufus find Samantha's dog sexually attractive? Good question. Uh, Rufus is my dog. Um, does Rufus? Rufus is a bit young, I think. He's he's. How old is Rufus in human years? 
40, uh, three years? In human Four years. Four years. Oh, there's a human. Hold it. Okay, six months times seven is 42 divided by 12 what? is no, three no, no, and no. a half. Three and a half the years a, old. The, a, the answer is... I'm, si- one, of th- I'm one of the no. two. <laughs> no, you're not because the answer was six months. I wanted to know just an oh, hour said, time. Oh, sorry. Okay, Dog yeah, six years. Months, right. Well done, fucking rain man. <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> so you're telling me that your uh, your Things dog does not have sexual inclinations yet. Well, I think I think I'm hoping he do- he probably does now. Actually, he's only just started humping stuff occasionally. Sometimes when you when you and Zoe are sleeping, I uh, coax Rufus out into the lounge and show him photos from horse and hound. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird, man. <laughs> My answer to the question is: I hope not. I want my boy to be my little boy forever. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's sweet, but also totally misguided. <laughs> and going to make parenting a living nightmare for yeah. you. Uh, do you have any pre-viewing rituals or prep at all before viewing the movie each week? Uh, this is another two-parter. We'll answer that one first. For me, it is literally uh, if <laughs> putting it off. It is doing it's anything. so accurate. It is, yeah. it is doing anything else. It is... Honestly, watching this movie is what forces productivity to me at times because I'm like, oh, I've got to watch the movie, but that gives me two hours before I have to start so I can do this and this. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's nothing to prepare my mental... St- you know, I'm just... What uh, can one do? As is, where is for me. Yeah. You? No, totally the same. Much I mean, the same. it's the only reason that the, the lawns get mowed at my house. <laughs> it's the only reason the bathroom gets cleaned. It's, uh, yeah. A force for good. Well, it is. I guess ultimately it is, yeah. Uh, and then the second part is how do you pick what movie you'll watch each year? I mean, there's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing. Like one year, when we picked We Are Your Friends, this is how it went. We were backstage. I would like to say this was a tremendous misstep. <laughs> We were backstage at the LA live show watching the movie because we decided to do it in the green room to like come out and have it fresh as possible. And we were just like, hey, so are we fucking doing another season or not? Like we hadn't decided. And then we just sort of figured we would make it up on stage and whatever we said out loud would be right and we would have to commit to it. So I think we had a short list of five or six film titles and it was just a race to see who would pick one the first out loud. And it happened to be... I think I said, yeah, we are your friends. Yeah. And then suddenly, that's the season. And the, the, I, way, the way we got into Sex and the City is a lot funnier, though, I think. Sex and City 2. Was that we missed... Oh, Sex and the City 2 was because it was the funniest. I, yeah, we, I made a video... <laughs> um, ...with, like, photos everyone has seen us listening to the podcast over the, over the year... And then the last bit was, and the boys will be back for season two. And then we tried lots of different movie posters to just appear at that moment. And the image of Carrie Bradshaw <laughs> on a desert walking towards the camera was just so dramatic was, and absurd. It was that paired with the, the runtime was the other thing we thought was funny. Fucking A. <laughs> and that was wrong. I was going to say never again, but here we are. Yeah. I would like to say that We Are Your Friends is technically not podcast canon. Although, uh, do you know, 
Uh, that, oh, do you yes. know that? So yesterday morning, I woke up to a, a DM on Instagram in my other folder from a user with thirteen thousand followers by the name of Alex Schaefer. And uh, all they had written in the, the message was, hey, it's me, Squirrel. <laughs> and I wrote, I, I sort of clicked through the profile, and I was like, it does look a bit like Squirrel. And I wrote back and said, holy shit, hey, man. <laughs> How'd you find me? And he said, lol, someone told me about podcasts when you were still doing it, and I wanted to come on for an episode, but I thought maybe it would upset people, so I ended up not reaching out. I was <laughs> Man, we would have loved to have you so damn much. Where are you at the moment? We're on tour in the States, doing Six in the City right now. Would love to grab a beer. And then he said, ha, 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 ha. I didn't say anything funny. This motherfucker's thirsty. Uh, he said, yeah, it would have been funny. Maybe for We Are Your Friends too. <laughs> Something I didn't know about. Um <laughs> Well, he's but, definitely not in it if it exists. Yeah, yeah. So. I know. If you've got 13,000 followers on the back of being in a Zac Efron vehicle, things yeah. aren't going so red hot. It's true. Uh, but anyway, all that to say, we exchange a few messages and hopefully we'll, we'll be up. Would, it was it, are we having a beer with him? Uh, this is, a lot of this is no, news no, to he's me. No, he's no, he's in New Jersey. So oh. our window of opportunity as a unit has closed. But in, in a world of dreams, I would love to get him on a friend zone and talk about the making of We Are Your Shit, yeah. Friend. I think enough time's passed. But like, can you imagine... it fucking tanks. Like, no one's going to care now. How much more damage could he do I just can't, to I, the product that hasn't already been done? I can't believe that he... Like, he must have been pissed or stoned or something because yeah, it's so, so far after the movie, so far after the podcast, yeah, and then just idling away on Instagram like, yeah, I know what I'll do. It's so cool, though. That's quite amazing. That's great. The world is we, shrinking around us. We don't have a, a ton of time left. Do you want to do more uh, of these? Oh, we're we looking got, at. There's a clock up there. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Huh. It's got the weather on it. Yeah. Se- Seventy-one degrees on Monday, the twenty-fourth of June, nine fourteen p.m. Here in Chicago, Illinois, the greatest city on earth. Uh, <laughs> We'll do, yeah, you, you guys love it. Should we do one more? This one looks like it was written by a three-year-old with their bad hand. Hold on, we're um, going to do two more. Which should represent the best possible question. If you had to have the hair of one of the girls, who would you pick? Charlotte. No, uh, Charlotte, this, as I say, this has got no punctuation. It looks like it was written by someone who will go out and source the hair. <laughs> <laughs> Take our third co-host yeah. Go have at it Why Charlotte? She's got beautiful hair She does have beautiful Yeah, I think I'd actually take uh, I, would, I would take Miranda's hair Yeah The redhead I think it would look beca- <laughs> I think it would look becoming on me <laughs> <laughs> And I think if I was wearing that Then maybe uh, sweet baby Steve Might be coming on me as well <laughs> Um, the last question, this is going to be tricky. I'm going to get the knife to pick it, but the thing is is that the nib has broken, so hopefully this still works. I'm going to scatter some of these out on the stage, and then I'm going to let the knife decide what is the last question, okay? How are you going to do that? Chuck it up in the air. <laughs> I can't imagine this functioning. Can't even really see what I'm doing because I'm behind the older. Uh, no, I mean, not so only can no one in the and room see what you're doing, certainly no one listening along. Pick true, pick well. Oh, nice. Okay, 
Knifey has selected the following question. <laughs> if you could recast one person in this film with Patty, Sh- with Patty Schwartz, who would it be? Well, it's got to be someone he's, he's given a lot to... I would love to see Patty Schwartz as Mr. Big, to be com- completely honest. I think he's got the same sort of confused uh, face yeah. and general attitude towards life. That but would mean... Very beautiful. And Yeah, he's physically, he's physically more beautiful than Noth. Yeah. And Noth is a dish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that for for me it would it would have to be I would I just love to see because I think he's grown as an actor and from what I understand some of his more recent performances have received if not critical acclaim not necessarily Guy critical disdain. Guys desperately trying to chase down a beer with Betty Schwartz because we're off to LA next. <laughs> yeah, well, and of course, famously he still listens. Uh, Grace but those no, I, I think he. I, I would like to see. I would like to see grown ups too. Era Patty Schwartz well out of his depth. You know, nice. Even while everyone else is phoning it in, and he's trying his hardest, that yeah. would be very funny interplay. Yeah, I, I think that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. You co-sign? And, uh, I one hundred percent do. Do you co-sign because of timing reasons? No, I think what you said was great. Do you? Do you want me to go back on that? <laughs> or do you still think what I said was great? Yeah. Well then, no. Stand by your stand by your opinion. I stand by my man, which is you, Guy Montgomery. We are. We. Do you know we are? Uh, we're friends and we're in love. <laughs> <laughs> I Guys said, decided. I said to my partner on the phone today. I said, uh, Tim and I are having such a good time. Uh, we've been having such a good time in bed, purely platonic. And and she said, Why would you say purely? <laughs> 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 Platonic. I, I had my headphones on at the time, listening to the motion soundtrack for Beetlejuice. And I said, I didn't hear any of this. I said, I don't really know. I just, I just wanted you to know that it's only platonic. And she said, wasn't a point of concern or curiosity for me. Oh boy, I need to get home anyway, to my wife. All in of New that, Zealand. all of that, to, all of that to say, it's a good thing that we're on separate bunks because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, the truth of the matter is. We love each other. Guy and I through thick and thin, the frosty fellas up against the world. We're so delighted to be here in Chicago. We're so grateful that you fine folk came out, especially the people from Minneapolis in particular. That's crazy. So please give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you so much for coming to the worst idea of all time. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out. I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. 